listening to a message from Red Church in Melbourne, Australia. If you'd like to know more about Red or its ministries, please go to redchurch.org.au. Good morning, everyone. We are week three into our series on Called by His Name. And this is based on the Old Testament promise that we find in 2 Chronicles 7, which says, When I shut up the heavens so there is no rain or command locusts to devour the land or send an epidemic among my people, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. The first week we set up the context of this passage and last week we looked at what it means to humble ourselves. So please don't look at today in isolation to where we've been so far. But today we get to explore what it means to pray and seek God's face. Trudy is actually going to take this message. I'm just doing a brief introduction to set this up for us. There are two things that as I've been thinking about this that I I really wanted to set up on our behalf. One is about who God is and the other one is about who his church is. That it's easy to think of God, not necessarily consciously, but in our subconscious that shapes our sort of behaviour and, and worldview. Beautiful little eye there. As a, as a cosmic eye in the sky, distant and, and separate to us. And whilst, yes, he is sovereign, he is mighty, he is all-powerful, he is completely other than our fallenness and our life here on earth, he's actually also... A being. He is a person theologically, and by that I mean he has a thoughts, minds, will, and emotions. That just as you and I feel and desire and think and dream, so does he. That he has emotions, that he has desires, that he has longings, that he suffers himself, that he is love. And so as we set up Today, I want to remind us that our, our God is a distant, distant G-O-D God, but he is completely and utterly relational, first and foremost. And out of that, he longs to be present with his people, to have us all at his dinner table, to commune with us and connect with us as his children. And then when it comes to the church, just like we can have a distant, static idea of God, it's easy to think that, Church is this thing separate to me or you, but it's this thing that's other, uh, removed from who we are. But that's actually not how it works. And I wonder if a service has kind of made us feel like that. That's not who the church is. This relational God comes to each one of us as individuals, communing, being present, being with us in our highs, in our lows, in our joys, in our frustrations and despair. And then he puts us with other people whom he has also been with and is with and is present to. And the church isn't the individual belief, but us collectively coming together in communion with who this God is. At the moment, we are in isolation from each other. We are separate from each other. But this God who is relational, who knows, who sees, who cares, who wants to be present with each one of us is doing something in this time of isolation. That collectively, each one of us red hot in that connection with him can be his people in this time and place. 
And this means two really important things. The first one is you really matter. You are an essential part of this body of people that make up his church. That when you're not present in that space, someone's missing at the dinner table and we feel that. And the second thing is, is that we all have a different part to play. And this promise is for God's people corporately. And not each individual has to do all of it. But as we each pick up our part based on our context, based on our circumstances, based on what it is this God wants to commune with us is doing in us, we can collectively represent the fullness of what he's doing amongst us. And so I'm just going to pray as we prepare for Trudy to share this heartbeat about prayer and seeking his face. Jesus, we come before you in these uncertain times. Um, All of us, no doubt, um, in different spaces and places with what life looks like at home, what you're doing in each one of us, and different despairs and frustrations that are affecting us. We just want to declare your goodness. We want to declare your power. We want to declare your might that you are above and beyond anything that is going on and you desire to intervene. I want to thank you that you're a relational God that wants to commune with us and give us your presence. And so I pray a blessing on Judy as she shares her heartbeat for this very thing. And I pray your blessing on each one of us as we seek to be awoken and given the freedom and the grace to be ourselves with you and to be encouraged by who you are, built up by who you are, and given hope and purpose for this day. So as your word goes out, would you do your ministry? Amen. Thanks so much, Sarah, for that introduction and um, set up the, the scene so beautifully for what I want to share today. It's really a privilege to share what God has put on my heart regarding principles for how to be praying and seeking his face in this time. First, I want to just acknowledge how great was that video of those prayers from Melbourne that we just spent time in, that today that so many churches in Melbourne are uniting to pray for our city. Uh, It's just so wonderful to see that unity in prayer. But essentially what I want to explore today, if you could take away the one key idea, um, this is the one that I'd love you to write down. It would be that divine love is the essence of prayer. This concept of divine love, the Father's love, is at the very heart of prayer. But before I go any further, I just want to um, ensure that we're on the same page of, um, of understanding prayer that prayer is relationship and that God is, as Sarah said, is highly relational. uh, Prayer involves both speaking and listening. If you've been part of Red for some time, um, you'll remember our Kingdom Come Nights, these nights that were held termly where we would gather together to worship, to pray, to seek God's face to utter prayers and align our hearts with his heart for, our, for ourselves, our church, our city and our nation. Remember those times when we could gather together in great numbers and praise and worship. But how sweet it will be when we return to that time, to gather again. And in these nights, God was so faithful. He, we really sensed his presence on those nights. He... He shared his heart and he gave us words and promises. 
And the key, this uh, verse that we've been exploring in this series of 2 Chronicles 7.14 has actually been a key verse that has inspired those kingdom come nights. But I've since been reflecting on this verse in relation in the light of what, where we are in this current season and that God is doing something new in his people. We've just been in a series called The Unveiling and this call in this series of in the invitation of the church to return to their first love. Our Lent series was inspired by the passage in Song of Songs, chapter 2, and, and the verse that speaks of the invitation of God calling his people to come away with him, come away with him. There is this sense in this season that the deeper revelation of the Father's love is key preparation for the next season. Humble, pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. These are the key words in 2 Chronicles 7.14. And it suggests it's all about the heart of God and his desire for his people to return, to be in relation with him, relationship with him and know him know his love. I recently began thinking about this word, about this verse, thinking about these key words alongside the story of the prodigal son, which is found in Luke 15, 11 to 32. And this parable describes God's love towards us. As you are probably familiar with this story, the prodigal son leaves his home He takes his inheritance and he goes out into the world. But he finds himself, he wastes his inheritance and he finds himself um, with nothing left. He comes in a way, in in a sense, to the end of himself. He begins to notice that even the pig, he's hungry and he begins to notice that even the pigs have better food for him and he's filled with shame and unworthiness. Some of you today may be feeling like you are unworthy or you're filled with shame or that you've wasted opportunities. But I want to go on with this story and remind you of the invitation that God longs for you to return. The prodigal son made a choice He turned from his ways. He certainly humbled himself and he returned to the father's home. Verse 20 says that while he was still a way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son repented and he said, I'm not worthy to be your son if only I can be your servant. However, the father orders the best robe. He orders a ring to be brought and placed on his finger, which signifies that he's not doesn't want him to be a servant. He actually wants his, him to be his son. He orders the best celebration in honour of the return of his son. 
And just like the prodigal son came home to his father, God is longing for his children to return and receive the blessing that can only come from him. We don't need to be servants but sons and daughters. He says we are worthy. Our inheritance is in him. Have you ever considered that we are joint heirs with Christ? That concept, I've just been thinking about that recently. It just blows my mind to think that we are joint heirs with Christ. And I want to read you the passage where this comes from, and it's from in Romans 8, 14 to 15. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we suffer, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. Heirs of God. I'm just going to read that again and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. So we are learning to pray from this understanding. Revelation of the Father's love is key to effective prayer. And I want to unpack some principles about around this. I want to begin with a quote by Daniel Murden in his hosting last week said, prayer undergirds, abide, renew, go. And as he said this last week, I was clapping my hands. My kids were actually laughing at me because this this thing that he said, this quote that he said actually um, was so in line with what I wanted to share today. So I want to unpack these principles around the concepts of abide, renew, go. Under the big umbrella, that revelation of the Father's love is the key to effective prayer, key to effective prayer. But I want to begin with renew. The Father's love is the starting place for prayer, the starting place for renewal. And as we come to this place of prayer, it's really important that we keep in mind that as we seek God, he first seeks us. The story of the prodigal son reminds us that the father is compassionate towards us and he's longing for our affection. We come to the father because he first loved us. Jesus himself taught us to pray our prayers with our Father. And he gave us a model of how to pray in Matthew 6, verses 9 to 15. Jesus himself begins his prayers by addressing his Father by Abba, Father. And Abba is actually an informal word for Father, as we would say Daddy in the Hebrew language. So Jesus begins his prayer anchoring himself in the Father's delight over him, coming to his Father as a child would approach their Father. 
And many at Red Church, it's so exciting to see, are actually engaged in uh, currently in the prayer course, which is um, produced by 24-7 Prayer. And it unpacks the elements, the key elements of the Lord's Prayer over eight sessions. And there's one, one of the first sessions actually is dedicated to exploring this concept of beginning our prayers in adoration. So there's real significance of beginning our prayer with addressing our Father. Because it's really key that before we proceed with the rest of the prayer that we anchor ourselves in the Father's love. But, of course, the next part of the prayer goes on. So we begin with our Father who art in heaven and then it goes to hallowed be your name. Not only is God our Father and we can approach him as a dad, but he is the high king of heaven and earth. He has power authority and dominion. He is holy. So we gain this higher perspective, anchoring our prayers in this truth through worship and adoration. A couple of months ago as I was praying with some people about this, what is God doing in this season and just really trying to hear his heart. And as we're praying, in my mind's eye, I saw the words, our Father. And this sense kept growing in me. And it was like a sense that this revelation, this truth, this understanding is key for us in this next season. And he's doing that deeper work in us. So I want to repeat that. Some of you may need to hear that God is your father and you're hearing that for the first time. And there are others who may have heard that as a concept their whole life, but actually need a fresh revelation of that truth, revelation of the Father's love and his nature, his kindness, his goodness, but also his holiness is key. key. And that is the starting place for prayer. When we desire him above all else, in a way when we come to the end of ourselves and we are at this moment, we're actually out of control. We realise that it's only him that satisfies. We realise it's only him that brings his blessing. And that's when we begin to pray with power. But I also want to talk about... um, Purification and consecration. This is a time where God is doing a deeper work in leading us into that place of righteousness, of purifying, cleansing our hearts. So allow the Father to the Father's love to bring renewal and transformation to your life in this season. Pursue righteousness. 
James 5.16 says, The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. And we, we have the gift of the Holy Spirit, which leads us into the truth of the Father's love and reveals the things that get in the way of this revelation. We simply come and invite the Holy Spirit to show us these things. It was really important that we have this understanding that there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. It says that in Romans 8, verse 1, that in the presence of God, when we come in his presence and we ask him to show us these things, there is gentleness. There is forgiveness when we confess our sins in his presence. I recently um, had this little revelation or this moment as we were having our Sunday communion in our home. And I'm not sure how you're doing communion at the moment in your homes, whether you've got a little ritual that you do, um, a certain juice that you're drinking. But in our house, we we have our grape juice. And this is a bit of a, a privilege. We don't always have grape juice, but it's a Sunday morning thing. It's become a little bit of a tradition now. And um, my kids actually are looking forward to communion each week. And they don't just get the, the usual dip the cracker in the, in the juice kind of thing. They actually get quite a you know, generous glass of grape juice. And a couple of weeks ago, we also had some carrot rice crackers. They may not sound that delicious, carrot and rice crackers, but they actually are. They're very tasty. And as I looked over and saw my son, my nine-year-old son, gobbling up his communion and drinking his juice, I just saw his delight. He wasn't actually overthinking it. He wasn't striving to like intensely think about what God is saying. And he was just enjoying the taste of his communion. And it caught my attention. And I sense God saying in that moment, this is how I want you to enjoy me, to know my delight. So since then I've, been, I've decided I'm asking God to show me his delight, not just in that moment but just in the everyday. I want to extend that invitation to you. In this um, season, there's an invitation to return home to rest in the Father's love and his delight. This is the starting place for prayer. And now I want to move on to this concept of abide. Abiding in the Father's love fuels a life of prayer. And renew and abide are closely linked. And our church has been pushing into renewal for some time and we are we are actually renewed when we abide in the Father's love daily. John 15 is a really key passage about abiding. John 15 verses 9 to 11 says, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my commands and remain in his love. I've told you this so that your joy may be complete. 
We've got a little equation. Love plus obedience equals joy. So joy is the end goal. How wonderful is that? Love plus obedience equals joy. God delights in our obedience. And sometimes, like in this current season, we actually can't see the way ahead necessarily. There are some trying circumstances we're in. But I believe the invitation in this season is for persistence, faithfulness, obedience, just showing up. And maybe just that place and that posture of letting go and allowing God. It also says in John 15 verse 7, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. So abiding leads to effective prayers that we can ask God in confidence. As we seek to grow in our relationship with God through daily practicing awareness of his presence, we learn to begin to recognize his voice. And God's voice is truly a still, small voice. It takes practice. And it's only through that daily practice can we begin to see a pattern of the ways he speaks to us. God speaks to us through practices of and daily rhythms of worship, reading his word, his truth and prayer. And there's a strong relationship between all three of those, between worship, prayer and meditating on his word. They're all interwoven. So worship, as I've been discussing previously, sets up our perspective of how to pray and that God's word of truth then influences our worship and our prayers. I love this quote by R.A. Torrey. Prevailing prayer is almost an impossibility where there is neglect of the study of the word of God. The prayer that is born of meditation upon the word of God is the prayer that soars upward most easily to God's listening ear. So as we learn to hear his voice, we hear his heart, his will, and we begin to also desire his will. His living word shapes us. We want what he wants. And then we can pray effectively and confidently from this place. The listening in prayer is vital. And I love this verse from 1 John 5, 17, what it says about prayer. This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Faith builds faith, which fuels a life of prayer, a daily relationship. And this takes us to the concept of go, that the Father's love drives, drives our prayers and it actually drives our prayers outwards. Renewal in God's love and abiding in his love drives our prayer beyond ourselves. 
God reveals his heart in prayer and his heart for others. And we pray in power for others when we are changed by his love. And it's his love in us that then drives our prayers and our mission. But I want to come back as I draw to a close to the order of the Lord's Prayer, that as we are anchored in the Father's love and understand our authority as his sons and daughters, we then get to partner with him to bring reconciliation of heaven to earth. We pray for his kingdom to come with greater power and authority. So where do we begin? Where to from here? I just want to quickly, just as I close, just outline a few strategies of how we're going to push into into prayer and worship and the word together as a church, both individually and personally. We're going to be exploring different ways and practices of how to worship, pray, and meditate on this word. And we'll keep building on these. We recognise also that it's important to push into um, and seek time in the hidden place, but it's also important to be praying in unity with other believers. There's power in coming together and agreeing on God's will and purposes together. We also, if you're... You just want to lean in and and, um, press into this, but you're saying, oh, I am just so busy in this season. I don't even know how I'll find five minutes to myself. Begin with small steps. God knows your limitations. I would encourage you just bring what you have. Begin where you're at. And I want to pray a blessing over you. That, that whatever you have, be it five minutes at that time, will be sweet. And that your hunger will grow. And, and where we're heading, we just want to build to a daily awareness of his presence in the everyday. But just begin by showing up. This is about just obedience and persistence. And God will honour your faithfulness. Also, I encourage you to just develop that voice, the voice recognition of God. Practice, take notes, engage in times of solitude and contemplation and simply wait on him. And I'm sure as you look back, you'll begin to recognise how he's speaking to you. And finally, just a, a concept, the concept of fasting. And this is an invitation that God may give you or give to us corporately to engage in, but it's a call that God invites us into. It's a sacrifice that as we let go of things, we want to say yes to God and hunger for God. In um, Fasting brings power as we hunger for God and seek him to move as only he can. Let's pray. Father God, we come before you as your children, as your sons and daughters. And we thank you that you call us worthy, that you first seek us, that you first loved us. We thank you for your divine love. And I just pray now, God, that you would pour out fresh 
revelation of your divine love, the love that you have for each one of us. And I pray that as we go forward, that we sense and know your delight. I pray that as people come, as they seek your faith, that you bless that time, whatever they can bring, and that in that time, hunger grows. We pray this and commit this all to you because this is your heart. In Jesus' name, amen.